Welcome to Healing the Choice Podcast, where your host is Sean and Yolanda. We are here to reach you where you are, even when it seems to be impossible. We are here to dive into some topics that are sensitive and well-known and popular in our world today. We are here to talk to the ones that are lost, broken, and sensitive, and are rejected by society today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode on Healing is a Choice podcast. We're super excited about today's episode. Um, we have a special guest that came in to share their testimony. This beautiful lady here I met at the Grace Project two, three years ago, maybe. Um, and we have become the closest friends ever. Um, the Grace Project is basically a project of conference um, that gather women from all around the world that have you know, have been living with HIV for years upon years and upon years and this has been a tremendous blessing for me um, to meet new friends and I'm super glad that she came in today to introduce and to share her story with us so no with for, no further ado we're here to welcome Simone Welcome, Simone. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. This has been a long day, but we are here. We're super excited about you um, volunteering your testimony with us today. And uh, we'll go ahead and get into the questions. Okay? All right. Number one, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm a 46-year-old female, a mother of four uh, children, one girl, three boys. I have six grandchildren. Uh, no, four grandchildren. Six claiming bonuses. some gotcha. bonuses. Got bonuses. But biologically, I have four. Two girls, two boys. Mm. I bet that's a handful. Yes. They come in all different ages and ranges. <laughs> different ranges. I love it. <laughs> they all need something different. Yes. For sure. But granny is number one, huh? Yeah. I'm sure. All right. Well, tell me more about your uh, childhood. Well, I was born in New York. New York? (laughs) (laughs) Queens. And raised in Brooklyn. Um, Lived there to the age of nine. Um, It was a regular childhood. The hustle and bustle of the city. Um, I had different cultural friends. The school system. Them cold, cold winters. Yes, mm-hmm. New York yes, is very cold. I heard about that. The snow is very deep. <laughs> I heard about that too. Wore a lot of clothes. <laughs> Wore a lot of Vaseline. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it's, it was it's a good place. It's a good place to live. It's a nice place to live. So. Okay. Okay. That was yeah. Because imagine coming from there to Texas in the major heat. Yeah, definitely uh, climate change. It's definitely climate change. Learning how to breathe all over again. Definitely climate change. Absolutely. After talking to you yesterday, uh, we went even deeper into your childhood, Mm -hmm. and I learned that you were in foster care. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Um, My mother meeting her mother um, and some traumatic experiences had happened while living with my grandmother. Um, 
I ended up getting molested uh, by a family member. Um, didn't turn out too well with the family. You know how that is in our, uh, in our community, in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go too well right. um, with some family members. Some family members will feel one way, and then some others might feel like it's a, um, an attack. You know, keep it, sweep it up under the rug. But that didn't happen in such my case. Um, and my grandmother wasn't too happy about it, so some things transpired after that which left me, my mother, and my sister homeless. And she was one not to have us all over the place. And so she decided uh, to put us in foster care to get herself together. Mm-hmm. And that's how we ended up in foster care. So I went into the system at the age of eight or nine, and my sister was three. Wow. And then you came out at the age And of- we was in the system for seven years. Oh, wow. So- so I grew up in foster care. So did my sister. Well, she kind of, when we came out, she was nine, the age I went in. When I came out, I was a teenager. So oh, wow. um, that was definitely, but I came out to my mother. She did get us back eventually. But like I said, I came out as a teenager. So our relationship wasn't the, we didn't have a relationship uh, no more, I would say. Not like her and my sister, where they could get a bond. They bonded back, where mm-hmm. me and my they mom, still had time. yeah, to right. get back together. Right. Where me and my mom was like estranged, right. getting to know each other all over again. So it it went on to adulthood. It did our estranged relationship. Okay, mm-hmm. and that definitely is a. I can imagine how. Uh, what's the word? Trauma that can be for a child, especially going into teenage years. Okay, so again, I guess you already talked, touched on how did that affect your adulthood, but did it affect you in any kind of other way? Definitely adulthood, relationships, um, being molested, and then that relation, been having relationships with men, that went hand in hand. Foster care uh, built up a lot of trust issues. Mm-hmm. My issues that it came into adulthood, what I would say, trust issues, abandonment issues, um, overcompensation. Mm-hmm. I became a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, not wanting to be alone, attaching myself to probably the wrong friends, wrong men in relationships, going through even more traumatic experiences in my life. Becoming a young teen mom. Uh, the list can go on and on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Definitely that. Okay, so how would you... What would you tell your younger self uh, as an adult now? Oh. So, my middle name... So, Simone is my middle name. Mm-hmm. And Shalisha's my first name. Mm, so it's just a moment. I think. I think um, when I went to a um, retreat, they asked us, what would we tell our young self? Simone, is, it was a protector of Shalisha, I think. Mm-hmm. So what would I tell my younger self now? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things wasn't your fault. A lot of things you couldn't control. 
Um, don't blame yourself for, you know, don't blame yourself for the things you couldn't control. Because um, you were a child. So it was supposed to be adults, responsible adults taking care of you. Um, as you get older, just know that um, you are strong. You know, you didn't deserve a lot of things that you went through. Um, I think more self-care, self-love back then. Uh, I was robbed of childhood, like childhood memories. You know, you don't get to enjoy, I didn't get to enjoy being a child. I was, I had turned to an adult, a mini adult at a young age. So, but what I know now, could I tell myself then? I don't, I don't know. Cause she probably couldn't handle it then. She probably like, I wouldn't understand that stuff. Right. But yeah, know that she was, I would tell myself you're smart. You were very smart and you handled yourself very well. To get through those things because a lot of things that happened to me they either could break most folks mm-hmm. you I could have went down a lot of different paths and ended up a lot of different other places than being alive absolutely dead and gone people, uh, in jail somewhere right so. or with a train full of kids yeah so. absolutely so speaking on the paths that you went down and that you have chosen um, we talked yesterday about how you ended up in the entertainment world. Would you like to expound on that? How did you get there and you know what made you stay? I ended up in the entertainment industry. Um, I wouldn't say like by some friends. It was more like a choice. Um, life choices. I already had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that ended up this, the sexual part of being in the industry wasn't a part of at first, um, it was just being a dancer, that that part of the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. But once you get into the bad side of the industry mm-hmm. of dancing, it can lead to other things like porn and escorting. So uh, we went those lines of being in all of those entertainment businesses. Um, I had a friend. At first, it was just supposed to be like plus size modeling. That was it. Mm-hmm. And we did that. We went to a show and ended up being a, a strip show for plus-size girls. And you, your peers kind of be like, well, you came all this way. Right. You might as well go and make some money. And <laughs> right. why don't go home broke? Right. And I was like, I, I was uh, already body shaming myself. I have always felt insecure about my weight and my body. So... I took a couple of stiff drinks. Had <laughs> <laughs> to ease the mind. <laughs> and uh, went out there. And, and it wasn't much to go out there, you know, to entertain. And then once you kind of get caught up in the the hype of it, right? it's the adrenaline, the money, it's the fast life. And then it's almost like a respect thing, you know. All the things that I couldn't handle being normal, mm-hmm. I could handle I, that alter ego come in, right. and you can become somebody totally different. Right. And so that's what it was. Escape reality. Yeah. yeah. So I could be bossy. I could be bitchy. I could be um, not 
a nice person. Not and it was, yeah, it was really about money. It was about money, but you had control over. I had control. Yeah, I, that was something that I can control. Every aspect of being in the entertainment business, I had control of that. So couldn't nobody tell me nothing. And that was, you know, I stayed in there for about four years, and because I was almost about to reach my peak of um, being known, I was already known, but I'm like being known, known. And then I had thought about some things that transpired. And then I had kids. And I had boys especially. And the world was definitely becoming internet savvy. Right. And I didn't want my boys to be just scrolling having a scrolling. Line. And then maybe <laughs> with their friends mama. or somebody. And they'd be like, ain't that your mama? And I'd be in an awkward... <laughs> Awkward that would, picture. That would be quite awkward. And then I have to explain to my kids what what that was or what I was doing. Because all I used to think was, well, my mom was going out of town for a modeling gig. And right, right. ain't know nothing else. But it was much, much deeper than that. Right. I'm glad they didn't find out, though. You, thank you. And to this day. <laughs> well, until this day. They still don't know. Oh, wow. They don't About know. the deeper side of it. Oh, they wow. just know I always... When they hear Miss Cinema, they just like, oh, my mom was, you know, she probably dead. She probably took some pictures, but they don't know, like, the, the, whole, deep, the whole depth yeah. that I've ever that I indulged. Right yeah, now. they probably like, you was really <laughs> tripping. They wild now, like, <laughs> not my mama. mama. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. not my mama. So, right. I, I'm glad I kind of I backed out in time because and then I had supportive friends who was like, nah, that ain't you. Right. You know, you don't, it's not you. Don't be doing that. You better than that. You more than that. Right. I kind of was the one who kept a lot of folks grounded, even though you don't think like that. Right. When you be through so much stuff, but or the person they depend on. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to just do it the right way. Right. And I tried to, and I started getting my life back together on the right path. Wow. That's definitely a journey for sure. That's the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, you already answered the next question. Um, uh, did you have to motivate yourself to stay in that place, or is it something you felt you had to do? Mm, I wanted to do it. I mean, uh, growing up in church, like, well, my last foster mother, she was like real church, so I was like, that was my saving grace. So I got saved at a young age, and I always knew God. So. Like I said, when you're going through trauma and up and down in your life, but you have it embedded in you, it's always something that like that, uh, yeah, you know, that conviction in you, if that's in you. So it's like I straddle the fence a lot, like church folks say. I, uh, yes. I, uh, what they call it, back. Backslid. Backslid. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of times. So, but, yeah, but all the time, even though I was, I would get tired of the streets. But I will always go back to my first love, which was church. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, because streets don't have nothing for you. They don't, no. uh, they don't owe you nothing. Um, I get tired of house hopping, drinking, clubbing, smoking. And I'd be like, man, I'm finna go home. Right. <laughs> and go home, get in my bed. Then right. I'd be like, I'm going back to church. Because I was like, I got to do something with my life. So every now and then it would be that... Uh, so it's motivation to just get it right, you know. But you gotta put yourself in that position to have that mind, you know, 
you gonna mess up. Yeah, absolutely. But um, for me, like I say, that's always being embedded in me. That conviction. Uh, when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, you know, once you know God, He ain't gonna let you just slip away like that. Right. Not if He has so something far. for you. Yeah. yeah absolutely. You, you know, you want His children, He gonna whip you. And when you know, you gonna get it worse than anybody <laughs> that don't. Right? So, That'd be the part right there. I've been definitely I'm just saying, whipped. Whipped, chastised. Because <laughs> <laughs> he loved me that much. Yeah, so, so you either going to get it together or, you know, and I've been getting it together. So. That's what's up. That's what's up. I love it. So, how we met, we met through a project called the Grace Project. Mm-hmm. Um, they have conferences every year for women that live or have dealt with um, HIV. Mm-hmm. And it has brought us both a long way um, to see other women that has been living with it for 40 and 50 and yeah. God knows how long um, throughout their whole lives and to see how strong they are and to see how far they've come. So um, if you don't mind, tripping, if you want to be transparent, if not, it's okay. Was curious on how you connected with um, the Grace Project and how you contracted the virus. Well, I'm from. Well, I migrated to Texas from Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> in my older years. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and I came through the Grace Project through a case manager at the doctor's office that I go to. Mm-hmm. So she told me about it because I was looking for women support groups since I came from Atlanta Mm -hmm. and she told me about the conference and I went. So I've been going ever since I've been here. I've been in Texas like nine years. I've been going to the conference for, I want to say that was my fifth conference that I've been to. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time I go, it's something better, something new, Mm -hmm. new information, new knowledge, new women. Mm -hmm. Um, I go for the enjoyment. I go for the self-care for myself. I get to go and see my sisters. I know I'm not alone right. in this um, in this journey right here, mm-hmm. but I also get to see how it affects um, other women. You know how they experience it, learning from their stories. Um, I contracted mine through an ex-boyfriend who knew, but never wanted to go get um, help. So. He ended up passing away, and uh, am I mad? No, um, not mad at him. Probably more mad at myself at the time, cause I I knew better, so I knew what to do to be protected, but I didn't. Um, but for me, it's been a a definite eye opener. You know, the first yeah, you learn about it and you go through the emotions, the ups and downs. Um, I lost a lot of friends, a lot of women who gave up in a, um, back home in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from them, like the girlfriends I lost and the friends I made, I, I'm determined to just like go on because it's just like any other thing. Mm-hmm. It's just that's been a part of my life. Right. I'm not going to let this be the one thing that take me out of here because right. I done came too far through too much. So, it's just another hurdle, another test, another trial. If 
for me to get through and it helps somebody else because it's all the pictures bigger than me absolutely so, that's yeah. how i picture it yeah absolutely and how long have you so i've been, been living with you uh 24 years. 24 years i was 21 when i found out and uh and pregnant. <laughs> and pregnant. See, that'd so, be the hard part right Yeah, so. But my children, I had two kids. But both of my sons, um, by the grace of God, are still negative to this day. Absolutely. So that was um, a lesson within itself. Right. To be responsible for somebody else's life. Right. I could have been reckless in carrying them. Right. And gave it to them. But I wouldn't have done them like that. Right. I wouldn't have did that to them. Absolutely. So we're going to say the next question is um, you felt like it was a positive thing that happened. Um, the negative was in the beginning, but now right. it's a positive. My, the positive thing for me is it still reminds me, it's still a reminder of trying to find out my self-worth. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I look at it. To know that regardless, you still worth, you worth everything. No matter what you done been through, what you got. Um... For me, it's like, you worth it. Right. No matter what. It's a worth thing. It is. So we were talking yesterday about finding love and plus your status. Um, I asked you yesterday, do you feel like, um, you said you, you said that you thought people couldn't find love with the status that we all have. Do you feel, do you still feel that way? At first, you know, when you first find out, you be like, oh, but you're not thinking about it. You be still thinking about it in a negative way. Like, oh, ain't nobody going to love me. Ain't nobody going to want to be with me. But then I had to think about what kind of, when I asked myself that question back then, it was like, what kind of man was I talking to back then really thinking about that? Right. That one thing. That one thing anyway. So, like, I'm asking myself, like, and I'm thinking about the men that I was saying that about. Like, they ain't going to love me. But, uh, of course, because they run in the streets. Right. <laughs> they don't right. love themselves. Right. Um, but it's possible. Um, it is possible. God has let me see that it's been possible. That I've, I've, had, I've had thriving relationships mm-hmm. um, since I've been positive. Um, I've disclosed to all my... Um, partners when we were together they stayed um actually some of them were educated from me being positive because they were like um maybe that was a wake-up call for me right you know to stop doing what i was doing right and then like they would watch me go to the doctor and they'd be like well you know you take your medicine and then they were like i have relatives or i have aunts and they got some education it was educational for them um it was support for me uh, because but and then when those relationships dissolved, it wasn't because I was positive. So I knew it was possible that you can have a thriving relationship and still be positive. Because we broke up about relationship things. It could have been money. It could have right. been cheating. It could have right. been. So my status didn't stop regular life from happening. Right. At all. So you definitely get the same. <laughs> if it did, just happened. Happen. Right. That was not the goal, but yeah. That's not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there is um, there is still love out there for everyone, uh, regardless of what their status is or whatever health situation they may have. Mm-hmm. So, because um, everybody ain't 
thinking negative all the time. Right. So even with this situation, um, have you ever dealt with, um, not with it, just this situation, but just in general as growing up as a child in foster care and molestation and um, finding out you had HIV as, and a parent at a young age, um, have you ever dealt with low self-esteem or depression? And if you did, how did you deal with it? I dealt with all of it. Depression, low self-esteem, suicide. Uh, Name it all. You like all I dealt with all those issues, um, anxiety. Um I came out still being depressed. I suffer with depression from the to this day. But it's you know, you just have them emotional ups and downs and some days can be better than others. Um but uh HIV having HIV is not I wouldn't say that's been one of my depressions, like one of my most, back then when I was younger. Right. But now I'm like 24 years in. I I really barely even get depressed about being positive. You get tired of taking your medicine, Absolutely. but I don't get depressed about being positive. Right. Um, I, I get depressed about losing my sister. I got depressed about being homeless and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um low self-esteem being too gaining too much weight and um issues that i've got by dealing with health issues that i've gotten older those depressing things happen uh but i'm in therapy um there's no i never let nobody tell me not to go to therapy i just went to therapy so i found the right person that was right for me um and the crazy thing is after going to therapy so much you literally can't help yourself. Because <laughs> right. when I be talking to my therapist, they be like, well, you already know you what to do. You already answer the question. Right. Yeah. So after that, I already know what to do. I be answering my own questions. Um, I just don't, you got to apply it. Right. Um, I do holistic therapy, you know, meditation, uh, reading books. Uh, Jesus is always there. But, you know, you have, we talking about, like, physical and the physical realm, mm-hmm. uh, things you can do to clear your mind, write, listen to music, walk, mm-hmm. um, all those things to help you feel better, pamper yourself, mm-hmm. um, take a vacation, all those things you can do to help you deal with your depression. But if you really, really need, uh, and you can't do it alone, people say you could do it alone but you cannot do it alone you right. do need help you will right. need help yes. but you can and you can find help um you just keep searching you get you might get discouraged mm-hmm. if you don't find the right person um to talk to but you know if you don't you always had that choice to say this person's not right for me i need to find somebody else until right. you find somebody that's gonna talk that you can talk to listen, listen and somebody absolutely. that can talk back yes. and give you that you can have that one-on-one right. feel conversation with. Right. And the crazy part, I had my therapist, and he was going through all of the same things I was going through. He was, you know, of course, he was gay. You know, he had HIV. Um, he dealt with a lot of the things I was going through. He was going through therapy his own self. So we were exactly. helping each other. <laughs> we so therapists go to other. therapists, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't do know everything. Know. <laughs> yes, they don't know everything. And he told me, he was like, I go to therapy because I have my down moments, I have my sad, you know, depression and mm-hmm. everything that you've been with, I deal with the same thing. He said, we just handle it different. We, 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 um, do different things to help us go through right. it. 
Um, so yeah, therapy is definitely a good thing. And of course, Jesus and um, prayer and church and everything is always going to be there. That's always number one, regardless. Um, so yeah, so we have definitely been through a journey. Yes. Um, but what are your goals that you have for yourself now? Even if it's for the next two years, three years, five years. So being here in Texas, um, well, I've always been a helper, a giver by nature through life. But since I've been here in Texas, I fell into, I found, I fell into my purpose. Like, so that was, that was a good thing. Um, I'm not going to say because I get paid to do it, but I get to do it on a wider spectrum now. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it. So, you know, um, my kids are grown now. Mm-hmm. From being a young mom, I had to put, I put myself to the side and became an at-home mom mm-hmm. and dealt with the difficulties of being there for my kids. Now I'm, I'm going to say I have a life of my own now, so I'm living. So I'm not going to say it's too late because it's never too late as long as you got breath in your body. Right. But now I'm starting to go back and do the things that I wanted to do, those goals and ambitions mm-hmm. when I had my kids. So um, no matter what, I mean, I'm 46, so I'm still a work in progress. So however long it takes me to get there, you know, I'm going to become, I wanted to do social work, become a social worker. So that's my goal in the next, you know, two years, get my associates or a bachelor's or, and become a social worker. Okay. Well, you're definitely going right and going into the um, right steps to going, mm-hmm. getting that done. So um, that is definitely the positive side of everything. You're still living as long as you got breath in your body. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and the, they say the sky is the limit, but there's so much more than the sky. So yeah, so yeah. But we want to thank you for coming to interview with us. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully one day we'll we'll you know link back up again and we'll see where you are. You know. Okay. In two years. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be closer to two years for sure. <laughs> but definitely we'll come on and have you. You know, maybe encourage another woman. As they're on here at the same time, you know, no what you may be able to help them with, you know what I'm saying? So, but thank you for coming to join us, and um, we'll definitely talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on Healing is a Choice podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the topic that was spoken on today. We hope that you will follow us on Healing is a Choice on Facebook and Instagram. And also, if you would like to share your story, please let us know. And again, we hope you enjoy it and hope to see you next week.